Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first, we're going to do the normal stuff. We're going to review the charts to see what the market is telling us about her intentions. We're also going to have a side discussion on the VIX. I get asked about the VIX a lot in email. I get asked about the VIX in the live room from inside the number members. We're at one of those points where the VIX is very, very low, and there are plenty of traders out there looking for that buy area in the VIX. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about the VIX a little bit later. Let's start with what's jumping off the page on the daily chart at us. So one could say that yesterday could have made a top. We're going to talk about that for a moment. By the way, we don't need this anymore. That's the inverse head and shoulders thing. We're done with that. They reached the target and exceeded the target. Here's a weekly chart. If you remember from the discussion yesterday, this at 429.61 was exactly a 61.8% retracement from this high to this low, and that's an important thing. So could that have been all she can do before either going sideways, pulling back, or something different, more of a protracted pullback? That's possible, so here's how we look at it. First, this really isn't a topping tail. This is just poking their head above the former high and finishing the day with a red candle. Nothing more, nothing less. It was only down, meaning the market was only down slightly from the prior day's close. Now where are they? Finished positive today, basically right back to what? Eating time off the clock until she's not. We talked about this last night. As long as the market stays above the breakup candle low from Friday, that low being 423.95, then technically speaking, she's in another breakout situation and there's nothing wrong with the tape. She can go sideways for a while, eat time off the clock, build some energy, coil up a bit, and take another leg higher. And in a sense, the 618 retracement will have done its job, if not for a longer term, but at least temporarily, overhead resistance, which that is in this case, stops the market from going up first. That's the first order of business. After that, the decision is made by Mrs. Market whether she's going to go sideways, eat some time off the clock, have a different kind of pullback. We don't know until we know, but the first order of business is when the market gets to either support or overhead resistance, the first order of business is they stop going in the direction they're going. The next order of business is What happens next? Is there a pullback? You can trade. Any trader can pick a high, trade against that high. What does that mean? If the market in this case closes a day or two above the former high from yesterday, the trade is wrong. You have to get out of the trade. It was incorrect. And you go on to the next thing. It's close to risk. What does that mean? Well, the market came all the way up from this low from this low all the way from down here, at some point, the market's going to have a pullback. She goes up, pulls back, goes up, pulls back, up again, pulls back. 
every time in an uptrend, the market goes up and pulls back, she goes up again. So whether this is going to be a short pullback, a longer pullback, or no pullback, we don't know. But what we do know, and this is how you look at the market as an analyst, what you do know is getting above yesterday's high, exactly 429.62, opens the door for another leg higher. Whether that leg higher is 20 S&P handles or 50 S&P handles, inside the number members will have that type of information at their fingertips. I'm just discussing how you do what you do. It's a bullish uptrend above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with the tape. The trend is your friend until it's not, all that stuff. However, she's a little far from home base on the daily chart. Markets don't love to get too far from home base. They'll have a tendency to work back toward home base or let home base work up to price as she goes sideways. Doesn't have to happen immediately, but at some point that does happen. Back to the weekly chart for a moment. The next leg higher brings the market to run a test of this pivot high. 431.73, get above that. The next place is north of 435. Again, we'll have those numbers from an intraday perspective as and when and if needed. Anybody make any money today inside the numbers in the live room? The answer is yes. We're going to go over how and where that was in a moment. We've got the zero dark 30 commentary on the board. It's turnaround Tuesday. Overnight crew didn't do much. That was the bottom line. We know yesterday's high. That's important. 429.61 on the board bright and early, just in case. We're going to use 427.10 as the early pivot. Above opens the door for a push up to 428.50, give or take, and beyond. The beyond we'll worry about in real time if needed. Below the pivot, 427.10 opens the door for yesterday's low, 426.37, all the way down to 425.50, maybe a little lower. We have a number on the board lower than that. Didn't need it today, but that was the layout early in the morning. Let's get a visual. Market didn't get very far in one direction or the other today. But here's a picture with right of the vertical today's activity, 427.10 was the pivot. And you can see here, they spent some time above, ran a test, ran a test, back above, below slightly, back above. About 428.50, we talked about this in the live room. Unfinished business, unfinished business, finished the business. Funny how that works. Now, where was the trade or where were the trades? I'll lay it out here, and then I'll scroll up and let you read the notes at your leisure. It's all in there. Let's do the visual summary. 426.37, you saw that one on the board already at zero dark 30. That was yesterday's low, so what do we have is spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction, and when there's a number underneath, it adds credence to the trade because I know that on my numbers, the majority of the time, not every single time, the large majority of the time, they're going to get a bounce back in the other direction or a pullback if it's a short trade at those numbers. That was the number that was on the board bright and early. That was really what I wanted from an early morning trade perspective on a dip, buy the dip crowd type of trade, five and a quarter, 50. They didn't get there. They didn't give it to me. That's fine. But what did traders in the room do? Traders that have the ability, and over time, they learn this one by one. They take what I say. They use the numbers. They take what they're taught every single day. We talk about 
all kinds of stuff about how the market works. It all points back to how the market works and expectations. So some traders, to cut to the chase, said, all right, I'm going to take the low from yesterday, the number, and I'm going to start them up at a midpoint in between, perfectly willing to buy the number lower at 525.50. Well, those traders, and there was a few of them, there was several of them, those traders, because we talk about midpoints, by the way, so it's not out of the blue, it's a thing. Those traders were able to take a ride up. Some of them got what's called a Whopper Junior out of the trade. We take a scalp at five to seven points. We hold a trailer. You have a risk-free, emotionless trade. We pile up the base hits. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. That's the way it works. But what about the traders that didn't do that? What about the traders that, like me, were waiting for my number? They were sitting there with their hands in their pockets. No, they weren't. We're waiting for the next thing. There's always another trade around the corner. You don't have to chase the market. I say this every single day in the live room. You don't chase the market. You wait for them to give you what you want. And by the way, this is so important. It's like a store, meaning the market. It's open till 4 o'clock. Stores are open from 10 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night, whatever it is, 6 o'clock at night. The store is open all day. When you go shopping, you don't have to be there all day. You get what you want and you get out. You go back home. The market's the same thing. It's a morning business. You trade when there's participation. You get what you need. You get your pound of flesh. You get out. You shut it down. You go do something else. You don't have to be there all day. You don't have to make another trade. You don't have to make seven trades a day. You don't have to trade at three o'clock in the afternoon. You can if you want, but I know where the bread is buttered. And if you just put your blinders on and pay attention, I'll teach you. So where was the next thing? Of course, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. I'm going to show you in the notes, which was obviously discussed in the live room, where the next thing is. First, they're going to fill the gap at 427.10 when they're bouncing back up. This is from traders that were long from the lows or traders just waiting for the next thing. And here is the beginning. Closing candles above the gap. Now above 427.30, I upped it a little bit to be sure, is the gateway to the next leg higher at 428 to 428.50. Here it is again, the next post. Above here, keeps the door open for 428 to 428.50. And then you get the other side. No change. They're grinding in floating mode. 428 to 428.50 is still overhead resistance. There's the zone. There's the trade. It was a short scalp with potential. The potential was all the way down to here. Traders covered for a reason. We covered where? We covered at 427 and change. We covered before that for the scalp portion, but the next exit was what? It was around the gap left open from yesterday. Why? Because that was a logical place to A, backtest, and B, find a bull bear battle type of situation. Nice trade. Some traders got the short. Some traders got the long and the short. Some traders got a couple of pies in the face, but not my traders, not traders in the live room or inside the numbers. Other traders got a pie in the face today, or two of them. We're not interested in pie, other than from a mathematical perspective. Pause the video, read the notes, Go back to the chart to double-check the work. It's all in here. 
everything you need during the trading day, everything you need for the afternoon session. If you're sticking around, I leave you with the numbers you need. Case in point, because most of you aren't actually double-checking the work. But here, 26.65. The door opens for 4.26 or lower if we get to 4.26.65 and it doesn't hold. That means that's an important place. That's what I left traders with just after lunchtime, around 1.30, whatever it was. This happened at what time? 2 o'clock. Funny how that works. I'm giving you everything I've got every single day inside the numbers and in the live room. What about stocks on the move? Let's look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then the stuff that's not on here. We're only going to take a look at the stocks that hit their entry objectives. We had about six on the list today. We'll look at Sienna, we'll look at Coin, and we'll look at NVCR. The rest of them are off the board. They're what we call no trades. Sienna with its haircut in the morning, it didn't do it early. This was the trade we want. This isn't the one we want. This one creeped into it in the afternoon. I don't know how many traders are actually taking that trade in the afternoon. The numbers work, but we want the one back here. We want the one where there's participation. But the takeaway is the numbers work. Coinbase getting its haircut at the opening bell. It opened below the first number, came up short of the second one. Below is 46.43. My number was 46.30, and it ripped back up in the other direction. So this just is classified as a no trade. Opens below the first, the first doesn't exist, it didn't get to the second, and that's it. So the trade never happened. But the numbers work. Except on this one. NovoCure just got hammered beyond belief. Now it opened below the first two numbers, right? So these are off the board. Then it opened right on top of the third. The opening print was 75 bucks. I'm at 74.96, and the thing just collapsed. So this is an example of where we have to have the uncle point. We talk about it whenever this happens. It happens from time to time. It does happen. And I know we had a couple of traders in this trade. Not many, but we did have a couple. What I said to them was, I don't have a number below the stop. That's it. You have to just have an uncle point, and you have to say it didn't work, and you have to get out. You can see even on a five-minute chart, the thing just kept going down and down. You have to have an uncle point. It didn't work. It's wrong. I got to get out. First loss, best loss. This happens to everybody at some point. Just as an example, the stop is all the way up here at 74.40. And I said to the traders in the room, and I wrote back, I don't have anything below the stop. On a brighter note, what happens in the room is stuff's moving after the opening bell. So we're on the lookout for stuff that's coming into an important place. Starbucks came up on my radar screen. We had a number of 97.59. Traders participated in the live room. We took the number, maybe a spike of the number for some traders, but they didn't spike it by much. And then an immediate rip back up in the other direction. Those are nice trades right out of the chute. We had a couple of these yesterday as well. Basically gave you a buck in minutes. It's funny how that 1% thing works. When you have the right number of support, you get the 1%, give or take, the large majority of the time. A buck is just over 1%. Funny how that works. I said we would talk about the VIX. Let's talk about the VIX. I want to say a few words in relation to the thing, how it works. Traders have seen huge spikes in the past, so they're always looking to get into a good price on the VIX in front of a big spike because you can make a lot of money when that happens. Here's the point and the problem with the VIX. 
Number one, and I've talked about this in the live room a number of times. I've talked about it in here a number of times. The VIX is different than it was before. Once upon a time, the VIX would spike up huge amounts, and it still may in the future. But the last move down, or even the last couple of moves down, the VIX did not participate as the expectations would dictate, meaning how it performed in the past was not indicative of how it was performing at the time, and certainly not how it's going to perform in the future. Now, I have a number in the VIX, and I'm going to give it to you. First, let's talk about what it actually is. So the VIX is a tracker of volatility in the market. Now, we had a discussion in the live room today, and I gave an in-depth explanation, which I'm going to do in a moment. But the simple answer, and some traders think, rightfully so, because that's what other traders say, they think it's the amount of puts being bought in the market. But that's not the construction of the VIX. It's a little bit deeper than that. It's actually the weighted price of the index puts and calls for the next expiration, or I believe 30 days out. That's the weighted average, I believe. But you don't know, based on the amount of puts being bought or calls being bought, you don't know what traders, investors, what institutions are doing. They could be buying protective puts. They can be buying naked puts. They could be betting the markets going up. They could be betting the markets going down. You have no idea what they're actually doing. However, the VIX still has a chart. The chart is not the same as other charts. When you look at the long-term chart, for example, Look at the monthly chart, okay? This is not the same type of chart that we look at day in and day out. This is very difficult to do anything with, this type of chart. It's not really the typical chart because, and here's where it gets a little hairy, the VIX is a derivative of a derivative. What does that mean? Well, the S&P is a market. Puts and calls are bought and sold on the S&P and other markets. So that's a derivative of the market. One way to trade the S&P is by buying puts or selling puts or buying calls and selling calls. So that's a derivative of the market. It's a little bit different, which has a different amount of risk, different type of risk than just buying the S&P itself. So you're once removed. You're buying something that tracks the thing you're buying or the thing it's tracking. Now the VIX is a derivative once removed from that. So now the VIX is tracking the puts and calls of the thing that you're actually looking at. So it's not once, but twice removed, hence a derivative of a derivative. Part and parcel to the reason why I believe it's very difficult to trade, it's very difficult to chart. There's a lot of other reasons why, but I'll leave it at, it's very difficult to trade, difficult to chart. And by the way, there's the next number. I told you I'd give it to you, it's 12.85, if you can't see it down here, $12.85. I don't know if they exactly get there, but that's a place of interest. I would write that down, put it on a sticky note. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, we have a breakout situation. Let's get right back to the weekly chart, all right? We just take the market at face value. We said this is a channel. If they break the chain and they break either up or down from the channel, it's going to release the energy. They're doing the thing upward. Can it fail? Yes, you don't expect it to fail. This is what's happening at present. You see a target zone, 188.18 to 189.67. Those are exact and precise numbers. Obviously, they could spike it up to 190. Those are my numbers based on this chart, based on the current move. And look at this. So 
Sometimes we say institutional participation. There isn't any, there is any. Well, here there is any. So you have this big update here, which was two days ago. And you could say, well, maybe that was just a fake out. But now you have a backup day of heavier volume and a bigger move up. That's institutional participation. It is what it is. Remember when we said that the S&P, for example, the NASDAQ was being brought up by a handful of stocks, maybe five, six, ten stocks, whatever it is. Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple, all that stuff. NVIDIA, obviously. Well, we said, well, it's not healthy when the rally is not broad-based, but what traders don't look at, what a lot of analysts don't look at is the other side. They don't like to be the umpire. They say, well, this is not a healthy rally. And I say, well, why can't the market broaden out? Well, guess what? This is the market broadening out, at least right now. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck until it's not. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They're trying. They were up a half a percent today, a little bit better than the SPY or the S&P 500 in percentage terms, but not all that much, so we're not going to make a federal case out of it. But what we are going to say is, as long as they're doing the eat time off the clock and they stay above this convergence, these three moving averages, they're kind of converging, then it leaves the door open for another rally. And if you are getting a broadening out, for example, in some banking sectors or some banking stocks, in the small cap stuff, which is part and parcel with the banks, then everything's going to participate at some point. They don't have to do it at the same time on the same day by the same amount. What about the Q people? What are they doing? They're just eating time off the clock. They were basically flat today. Yesterday, you can call this a tail candle, or you can just say, what are they doing for the last three days? They're eating time off the clock in a bull flag type of situation. Nothing more, nothing less. If you have to read into it, if you have to look too deep into something to come up with a conclusion that you want it to be, then it probably isn't there. Nice move up on the XLF today. We know about the 33 space. We talked about that last night. Above 33, and they closed above it, which is a good close. Above 33 is going to open the door for another push higher to run a test of the pivot high here, the pivot high here, and then you start to get into the convergence of these moving averages around 36.60, 36.70 in that ballpark. 36.08 is filling the gap. What was today's high? 33.09. Did I say 36? 33.08. 33.09 is today's high. There are no accidents nor coincidences. Smash Mouth talked about it last night. They topped out a little earlier than other stuff made a temporary top or a longer top. We don't know. But as long as they stay above here, there's nothing wrong. It's just another pullback. Nothing more, nothing less. Is tomorrow an on-time type of situation? Time will tell. Staying above that low, and there's nothing wrong with the SMH or Smash Mouth. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.